right. Back-to-back blowout losses have led to some serious questions around the Pelicans. I'll give you a simple plan to get this team back on track, and it goes for the players, to the coaches, to the front office. It's a Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on a Monday show. We're doing this live Sunday night. I appreciate everyone who's watching live and in the chat right now. If you're an everydayer, let me know. Appreciate y'all if you're watching instead of watching football at the moment, too. I saw the game got tied up, so this one is close. But we got to talk about the Pelicans. Back-to-back blowout losses have them looking kind of rough in the moment. So what's exactly going on with this team? Let me know what you think the biggest reason why they had these two back-to-back losses. So we'll get into... All of that. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We're going to do a deep dive today, and we're going to kind of touch on a lot of these subjects all week long. We're less than two weeks away from the trade deadline as well. So we've got a lot to cover here. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Tell a friend about the show. And become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday or listen like two days a week if you listen to just one day a week here. So I want to preface this. I want to say this right now. This is not a bad team. The Pelicans are not a bad team. You see it in the little, I guess it goes that way, the little box on the side if you're watching on YouTube. The final bullet point is the Pelicans are still a playoff team. They are. They're a good team here. They're winning. They've been winning despite all of their flaws. And something that's been a theme, something that I've talked a lot about here on Locked On Pelicans, right, is this team's not even coming close to reaching their potential. Will Guillory in the Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans said the same thing with me, and that's a good thing. We're glad this isn't what they are, that there's room to grow and improve. So we're going to look at all of those things on how they can do it. But back-to-back blowout losses is bad, right? Juxtapose that game against Utah on Wednesday to the game against OKC on Friday. It was a 70-point swing. They went from scoring 153 points to 70. Now, they didn't have Zion Williamson in that game, but it shouldn't be a 70-point swing right? Then against the Bucks, with everyone healthy other than Trey, who's been in a slump, they really couldn't generate anything on offense and they looked bad defensively. So what's going on? Is it the coaches, the players, the roster? The answer is D, all of the above here. Now, before we get into it, and I'm going to be really blunt on this show, right? And a little bit brutal. Shoot just straight is what I always say here. This team isn't bad. This team is not bad. No one needs to be fired. There's no need to fire Willie Green. I don't think that. I don't even think they need to make significant changes to the roster, partially because you can't going into the trade deadline here make that many things, uh, that many changes. There's talent here, and it is winning games, but it's clear that even at their best, this Pelicans team isn't a title contender. So let's start with this, the players. Are we sure this is? is right. Are we sure that everyone has the right kind of place here and fits well? And I'm basically at the point of saying no, 
that's where I'm kind of at with this. And I want to start with Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram needs to adapt and change. We've seen CJ McCollum talk about how he's adjusted his shot profile to fit more in with this team here. Brandon Ingram hasn't been doing that, right? He had just 12 points on nine shot attempts against Oklahoma City. Zion's not playing. What's up with that performance, right? Now, you might point to his nine assists, but getting that in point Brandon Ingram isn't particularly great, right? Juxtapose it, let me use that word a lot here, to the game on Wednesday, point Zion. It worked, right? 11 assists for Zion, 153 points, the most they've ever scored. Wide open three-point shots. They took 46 attempts. They made 23 of them. But when you have Brandon Ingram out there playing alongside Zion, he wants the ball in his hands. He wants the ball in his hands. I talked to him before the season started. They talked a lot about the James Borrego offense that they were going to bring in, and it doesn't seem like B.I. is really fitting into that. It's just kind of him doing his thing a lot of the time. You saw a couple of the opening possessions against the Milwaukee Bucks where it was just him trying to kind of attack the basket, it not being there, and then taking a contested mid-range jumper. Brandon Ingram and his shot profile isn't working, right? Against the Milwaukee Bucks, did he even take... Oh, he took two threes, I think. Against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he took zero. That's a big problem here, right? He didn't take one shot attempt in the restricted area against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, they're a hard team to get into the paint and score against. Even Zion had trouble with all of that. But the point still stands here. If they want to get this offense going and they need to get this offense going... You need to have everyone kind of on the same page playing the same offense. And that's not happening here. That's not happening here at all at this point in time. Against the Charlotte Hornets, go back a couple of games, right? Brandon Ingram was 7 for 11 from 3. Great performance from him. Big time win. The team needed that, right? The next game, he took just 5 attempts. Made one of them. So the shooting's inconsistent. But why the drop there? Why against... The Oklahoma City Thunder, do you take zero, right? Like, everyone knows Brandon Ingram needs to shoot more threes. And you honestly probably need to run this offense through Zion. The point Zion experience is what's worked, right? It's just very simple. But Brandon Ingram wants the ball in his hands. He wants to run the offense. He doesn't want to be a complimentary piece. And that's okay. I mean that he's a good player. This is not just like railing on him. But if you don't have that kind of consistency in your game plan of what shots you're taking, this offense can just kind of fall apart because there's no consistency on a night-to-night basis of what you're going to get and is he going to influence the offense or is he not going to influence the offense, right? So that, I think, is kind of part of the problem here, right? He's talented. You can win games with Brandon Ingram. We've seen that. I love Brandon Ingram. But I'm starting to wonder if the pieces do actually fit if they want to have a cohesive offense on a game, uh, you know, on a night-to-night basis. Now... And I'm not going to get into it with the stands, and I kind of hate stand culture and all of this. You may ask why I'm saying, not saying Zion should change, why we're saying B.I. needs to change. There's twofold in that, right? One, B.I. has one year left on his deal. Zion has four after this season. And two, B.I. can change easier than Zion can change. Zion isn't going to become a volume three-point guy or a good three-point shooter. Brandon Ingram can be right? That's, I think, the important thing to kind of consider here. That mid-range shot that Brandon Ingram takes isn't actually a better shot than a three-point shot from him. It's not. The numbers say it. Zion attacking the rim 
is a better shot than him shooting a mid-range jumper or him shooting a three. So it's about maximizing kind of the guys you have and putting them all together. And I think with the way Brandon Ingram has been playing, it's just not working here that if he wants to kind of take those mid-rangers and you need to put more offense around Zion. Zion with shooters is the way to go. We've known this for a while. So that, I think, is an important thing that they've really got to look at and really start kind of like moving towards. You know, there's limitations to Zion. The rebounding's not great, but I think that more has to do with size than anything else. His handle needs to get better, but we've seen that this is the way to kind of maximize everyone on the roster. That's the most important thing. And so if you're not going to do that, look, we need to have a talk about moving away from Brandon Ingram. Now, I don't think you're going to do it at the trade deadline. Maybe this offseason, but you're starting to lose leverage almost by the day because they'll have one more year left. And you have to really figure out how you swing a trade for that where you still maximize the return rather than selling low, which is something that is a concern here. So we'll talk more about that in like the days and weeks to come. We don't need to get into that right now. But you can see that the players just aren't doing the thing, right? Like the final point I'll make here, we can, t- we can touch more on this in the next segment too when we look at the coaching. Actually, let's save it. There was... A stretch of a couple possessions that, what's the gift, the fire from the movie Clue coming out of the side of my face when I was at Mid-City Yacht Club watching with the Pels 12 that made me just go, what are we doing here? We'll take a look at that and what's going on with the coaching side. We just looked at the players, the coaching side of things coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, whether that's a supercharger, make it go faster, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. I work on all of my cars. I order a lot of parts. There's a 1976 Corvette that I'm restoring, right? Got to make it look cool. I get the parts from eBay Motors because with over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans also brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Look, the live in-game odds, all of the props on the Super Bowl, whether the first play is a run, a pass, heads, tails on the coin toss, it just makes everything like so much more fun. So FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. So not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so many more. So new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook uh, partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, looking at the players. We're going to look at the coaches right now, the front office as well. We're going to cover it all here for you on the number one Pelicans podcast. Also get great guests like Will Guillory, um, who joins me every other week. Have a couple more guests lined up to come on the show soon, but we got a lot to cover and it's a game day for the Pelicans as they're taking on the Boston Celtics. So the Tuesday show, we're going to be recapping that one. We'll look more at the trade deadline, what moves they could conceivably make. I've got some other names to keep an eye on for you. That's going to be the Wednesday show here. So a lot to come. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. So let's let's keep going with what's wrong with the Pelicans. Again, I'm going to preface each segment with this. They're a good team. They're a good team. The sky is not falling. They're not going to be out of the playoffs. If they do, then everyone needs to get fired. But that's not realistically going to happen. They're a good enough team here that they will get into the postseason. Are they a title contender? Can they get out of the first round? Different stories, different questions here. You know, and that's where I think we're looking at this and being like, what is going on? That's going to be some of the things we'll talk about in this segment and, you know, throughout the coming weeks here. So they have looked not particularly great. So... What's going on? We just went over the players. Like, I don't know if B.I. and Zion really can kind of coexist in the same offense anymore. With the way B.I. is just not shooting threes, like, it just doesn't work. You see the spacing on the court is terrible right now. Zion's numbers are low, and I think that's partially because they're just defending him differently. I was talking to Antonio Daniels about this, right? And he thinks it's the same thing. He thinks Zion's playing pretty well. There's just not a whole lot for him to do with the skill set that he has. That's why you need Brandon Ingram to shoot more threes. That'll eventually kind of break up that wall, beat that wall, you know, with Herb Jones hitting threes, with CJ hitting threes. When B.I. starts hitting threes, you have three shooters out there on the court, and that's an important thing. So, B.I.'s not shooting threes. That doesn't work. The other thing really does come down to coaching as well. And less about, you know, someone asked me on Twitter, like, Willie Green doesn't have these guys focused. Like, they're professional NBA players. They don't need someone to get them focused here. Mott Dog asks, Zion doesn't shoot threes at all. Why does he get a pass? I explained that in the first segment, right? It's about maximizing the guys you have. Zion's not going to become a good three-point shooter. B.I. is a good three-point shooter. It's really as simple as that, right? So... It's about maximizing your guys. And the coaching staff, segues into this, isn't doing that. They're not doing a very good job of that right now. One of the things we've seen with head coach Willie Green is he just kind of defaults to being a defensive guy. Look, it's 2024 and you don't win with defense in the NBA right now. Literally, if you look at like the NBA Twitter discussions right now, it's like, I hate the game, which really don't hate the product that you cover. That's dumb. It's no one. We get no defense. We need more defense in there. If that's the prevailing talk around NBA circles is you can't play defense. Don't try and play only defense at the expense of offense. Lean into it, right? If you look at the top 15 offenses in NBA history, in terms of offensive rating, guess what? Like 10 of them are this season alone. It's an offensive driven league. That's how you do this. And by running lineups out there that feature Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, three guys that are not offensive players, right? Like that's not going to work. You can't do that with Zion out there or Jose Alvarado and Jordan Hawkins and Zion and Najee and like Herb. And it's like, what are we doing here? 
the the lineups aren't maximizing the players or putting the players into position to succeed. And even the lineups that are out there aren't doing the basic things they need to be doing other than like, I don't like the combinations of guys. There was a stretch in the second quarter, third quarter, I don't remember of the game against the Bucks the other night. And B.I. and C.J. were off the court. So it was Zion, Hawkins, Jose, probably Larry Nance Jr., and probably like Najee or Herb. I don't really remember, or Dyson. And you have multiple possessions where Zion Williamson doesn't touch the ball. If B.I.'s out there, if C.J.'s out there, and Zion doesn't touch the ball, that's one thing, right? But when the offense is like a pick and roll for Jose Alvarado, when Zion's out there on the court and he's not the one setting the pick... That's incorrect. Like, that's not what we should be doing, what this team should be doing, even remotely in the slightest, right? When you have Zion out there and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum aren't on the court, it needs to especially run through him then. I think it needs to run through Zion all the time. But in particular, when those two guys aren't on the court, why are we having possessions when Zion Williamson is standing in the corner? What are we doing here? Like, what's going on? It doesn't take much to figure out that that doesn't work, right? One of the things that the Pelicans have been trying and experimenting with right now is starting Larry Nance Jr. in the second half of games because they're worried about teams going on an offensive run during that stretch, and Larry Nance Jr. fits what they do defensively, and Jonas Valanciunas doesn't. So maybe in the second half, you know, when they've had leads and blown leads, particularly in third quarters, they try and go with defensive lineups to maybe stem some of that you know how that went against Milwaukee didn't go well they allowed 37 points against the Milwaukee Bucks in the third quarter you know it didn't work against OKC where I thought they actually defended well all game going with a defensive lineup they gave up 27 points it's better than 37 right they scored just 23. You still lost that quarter by four points. Against the Bucks. right? They were outscored in the third quarter, 24 to 37. It's a 13-point negative right there. We've seen that going defensive for this team doesn't work. We've seen them routinely go defensive in the second half of games where they've had a 20-point lead, and that still doesn't stop them from blowing 20-point leads. If it was working, if it was working, we'd have seen it worked work by now and they haven't right so it's not working what they're doing and they just refuse to make changes or sometimes double down on the things that just aren't happening or aren't working and that's what I really don't like about this right that second half second quarter third quarter when you have Zion out there put shooters around him right don't go defensive when you can't score points and your defense actually isn't doing enough to stop if you'd won any of these third quarters with Larry Nance Jr out there maybe they did against the Utah Jazz there's potential for that i didn't look at those numbers and let's i can find that out here you know that'd be one thing but when it's just not working for you in the slightest and we've like regularly seen it, like it's time to just kind of accept that that doesn't really work. So they won the third quarter against the Jazz by six, 38 to 32. But their defensive lineup gave up 32 points. Like that's not great, right? And they were just on fire against the Jazz and doing things otherwise. So I don't love the approach that they're taking. Some of these lineups don't work. Now, here's part of the thing when it comes to Willie Green and some of these lineups, right? There aren't a ton of other options for him to play. You know, in the game against the Bucs on Saturday night, like what else was he supposed to do? 
What he's supposed to do is play JV more and run more offensive, like focused lineups and make sure those guys know what their kind of like pecking order is and what they should be doing. If you're out there with Zion and BI and CJ aren't there, get the ball to freaking Zion Williamson and let him try and do something or at least create an open shot for you. But it doesn't work when you don't have shooters out there and the whole thing just falls apart. So that whole idea of playing defensively, if it was working, it would have worked and we'd be able to talk about that, but we don't because it doesn't that's on the coaching staff here they've got to embrace the offense more right part of that I also think is a problem with Brandon Ingram going back to the first segment here that if he's not going to kind of run the offense they want and do what they need to do and kind of give his buy-in to shoot more threes play more off ball be a little bit not a role player but more of a secondary creator that's not going to it's just not going to work And that's where you've got to then look more at the roster and start to really change, you know, think about bigger changes for this team. So let's talk about that because the trade deadline's coming up. And maybe we'll take a couple of your questions in a kind of bonus segment here after the show and we can talk and hang out with all y'all a little bit here. Someone give me, by the way, a football score in the chat since I don't have it up here. So coming up next, let's talk about the roster, the players, all of that. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Quiz. Today we're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to test your Pelicans knowledge here. Who's the all-time leading scorer in Pelicans history? Quiz with three I's, Q-U-I-I-I-Z, is the next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked On Pelicans fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. You can play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can even play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz.com, app.quiiiz.com and start playing today. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live in breathe basketball. Anthony Davis, by the way, all-time leading scorer in Pelicans history. The I like this because it was I played it a bunch today. It's super easy to use. It's laid out well. I'm glad I am happy I don't have to download anything. Just go to app.quiz.com, app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. Apps.quiz.com where fans become champions. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, whether it's the players, the fit. We're going to have to have some deeper discussions this offseason about that. Uh, The coaching staff and the growth that they need. We've seen some growth from them, but they've got to. I'm referring to them collectively here Break some of that defensive first mindset because it's just not working. You win in 2024 in the NBA with offense. It's really that simple. And, you know, let's turn kind of our attention to the front office. Oh, the 49ers are up. That's been like a swing of a game here. I love our Locked On Pistons host, um, Koo. He's great. He has to cover an awful, awful team here. And I know he's a big Lions fan, so I'm rooting for the Lions because I want him to, like, experience some joy and happiness because the Pistons certainly aren't giving him that, like, whatsoever here. So let me know how the game, if we keep going and the game ends, what the final score is here. So, again, we're going to preface this segment before we get into anything else of the team is still good. They're not elite. They're not great. They are a playoff team. This is not a bad team where everyone needs to get 
fired. They need a little bit more buy-in from the players. The players need to have a little bit more like basketball IQ of like realizing, hey, I'm playing with Zion Williamson. We got to get him the ball. That's on Willie Green and the players, right? That's on both of sides of everything here. So you've got to get that sorted out and it can elevate your team. We've seen growth from Willie Green. He's playing Jordan Hawkins when he wasn't doing that before, right? Like that's definitely a thing here. So there are reasons to be excited about this team. And again, the fact that they're not reaching their full potential, I think is a wonderful thing. (laughs) This was what the team was. Oh, this wouldn't be too, too fun, right? But there's still a lot of room to grow and things they can fix this season. So when you look at, you know, this season, I I don't see a move out there. I see a lot of y'all in the chat being like, we got to make a trade. We got to make a trade. We got to make a trade. They want to become true contenders. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Show me the trade, right? Deontay Murray isn't it. I don't think Jared Allen raises your ceiling significantly. The biggest thing for Jared Allen, other than he's a good player, is that he's under contract for multiple years. I think they're definitely worried about what might happen with Jonas Valanciunas after the season. If he walks for nothing, that puts you in a bit of a bind. But I don't really know what his, you know, market is going to be. That's something we will look at. Maybe we'll look at that this week too. That could be interesting to kind of frame the discussion here. You know, when you look at the depth here on this roster, right? You know, a lot of that has been said that it's, they're the deepest team in the league, all those things. I've been saying, I don't think so. And it doesn't mean they're not deep. I don't think they're the deepest team in the league, but you see it in these past two games. Like it's, it's more about the star players, right? Like depth is nice, but you need to have like star guys that can carry you. And if you aren't getting those kind of guys doing the right things, it's all going to just fall apart. So like, here's something that I do think the front office needs to look at this off season of like, you need people to, and this goes to the coaching staff too understand their roles. Like here's your job on this team. Here's your role. It's the pecking order, right? Antonio Daniels always talks about Batman, Robin and Alfred too. And like knowing your role in who you are. And that does, I think need to get sorted out a little bit, you know, trying to empower too many people at once, I think can create a little bit of a problem. CJ of the big three is clearly the third. He knows this and he's thriving in that role right now. So when it comes to Brandon Ingram and Zion, again, it's not a knock on one of these guys to be like, hey, buddy, you're number two. It's maximizing the guys that you have on the roster, right? Deploying your pieces in the kind of correct way that maximizes everybody. And with BI not shooting threes and not really buying into that, right? Like, again, you can't go from shooting 11 in one game to just five in another to zero on Friday to just two against the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like, there needs to be some consistency there. Otherwise, this offense is going to look really good one night and really terrible another night. And I think the front office needs to have some, like, discussions of, do these guys kind of know their role, understand their role on this team? And if they don't, ship them out of here and bring in people who are going to buy in more. You know, I don't think you can do that at the trade deadline. I think for the most part, this team is going to be the team that you see. They're a playoff team. They shouldn't be in the play-in tournament. They should be six seed or better. I think they're capable of that. Even with all of the issues here, they easily can still get like the fifth seed, the fourth seed. That's a good thing. If they fall into the play-in tournament, that's definitely a disappointing season, even if they get out of the play-in tournament and make the playoffs. So... That is all of the way I'm kind of viewing things 
right now. They're still a good team. Let's keep that in mind. But the players need to know their roles and buy in more than they have. They're certainly not doing that right now. And if they're not going to, I think you need to have a serious discussion about whether or not you move on from Brandon Ingram. And again, there's two reasons for that, right? It's easier for Brandon Ingram to change than Zion Williamson. That's important. And two, I don't know, B.I.'s out of contract in a year. He's got one more year here and you need to figure that out because with the way he's playing right now with wondering if the fit is exactly there, you know, I don't know if then you want to give him a max deal. Do you want to give Brandon Ingram right now 25, 30% of the salary cap, $50 million a year? I don't think he's that kind of player on this team. He's a good player, maybe worthy of that money, but here in New Orleans, I don't think so. So that's where I really worry about the long-term future of this franchise because there's just only so much that they, you know, they're not going to reach their full potential until some of this really gets sorted out. So once they get that sorted out, this team can be very, very good. It requires buy-in and you're just not seeing that from some guys right now. You know, and there's still issues that they need. They need to at times figure out some of the rebounding, right? You know, you need to make sure your shooters are going to be a little bit more consistent. Trey Murphy is in a slump right now. When he breaks out of that, this offense will look a little bit better. And certainly he will definitely get better. And I don't expect him to be shooting as poorly as he's been shooting. So I don't know. These are how you fix it, right? Get guys that know their role in buy-in. Get Brandon Ingram to change his shot profile, which is easier said than done, than CJ McCollum. Like, they've all told him he needs to shoot threes, and he's not, right? Like, that's a him thing. And run your offense through Zion, maybe get a backup point guard, too, would be something that I really would appreciate for this team. But I think they still want to go in the center position. All I want at this point, and we'll talk more about this later, and it's why I did a show on not making a trade at the trade deadline and why I think that's the right move is figure it out internally and you'll improve more than a trade would actually give you. I don't want to see this team make a move that makes them worse. I think that's going to be very harmful to the franchise and I definitely don't want to see that. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We are, I'm going to take some of your questions. We're going to do a bonus segment here. So if you're listening on the podcast version, the show's going to end. Appreciate you being here. If you're with me on YouTube, stay through when I hit the kind of little ad break at the end thing here, the, the outro card, and we'll hang out for a little bit longer. Answer your questions here on a live episode of Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game against the Celtics here.